Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this, please welcome to the Market Color Podcast. This is a weekly podcast that is dedicated to providing our listeners with a broad overview of the global financial markets, including a special focus on the Kenyan markets. And in order to deliver on this objective, we have structured this podcast to begin with an overview of the global markets so as to give you a big picture perspective of the global economy. This is then followed by the Kenyan segment where we review the performance of the local markets with a view to covering all the major asset classes. And finally, we wrap up the podcast by addressing the topical issue for that week so as to bring you up to speed with the latest financial headlines. This podcast is targeted at the individual with an interest in the financial markets, but who probably doesn't have the time for research and analysis. That is why I created the Market Color podcast to collate and analyze the data on your behalf and to present it in a brief and concise manner that is easy for you to consume. Ladies and gentlemen, this here is episode number 63 and as mentioned previously, to commemorate the first anniversary of the Market Color podcast, I'm in the process of writing a book that is focused on fundamental analysis and this will help our listeners to develop a better understanding of the global financial markets and in particular how economic data influences asset prices. The good news is that the first draft is now ready and has been submitted to the editor for their review and comments. We will keep you updated on the progress. So this week, we are reviewing the performance of the global markets during the 27th week of 2023. And that is from Monday the 3rd to Friday the 7th of July. And without further ado, this is your host, Jemuhuri. And together, let's dive right in. We kick it off in the United States of America, where the Labor Department reported on Friday that employment growth had eased off as non-farm payrolls increased by 209,000 in the month of June, compared to consensus estimates for growth of 240,000 new jobs, whilst the unemployment rate declined by 0.1% to 3.6%. This data marked a significant decline from May's downwardly revised total of 306,000 new jobs and was the slowest month for job creation since payrolls fell by 268,000 in December 2020. However, the previous day on Thursday, ADP, which is a payroll processing company, showed that the American private sector created far more jobs than expected as private payrolls surged by 497,000 for the month of June, which was far much better than the consensus estimates for 220,000 new jobs. 
In other news, the minutes of the Federal Reserve's previous policy meeting were released on Wednesday. And this revealed that most Federal Reserve officials indicated that further tightening was likely, but at a much slower pace than the previous rapid-fire rate hikes that saw the Fed enact 10 consecutive rate increases since early 2022. However, policymakers had decided against a rate hike in June amid concerns over slowing economic growth. The officials cited the lagged impact of policy and said that leaving the rate unchanged would allow them more time to assess the economy's progress towards the Fed's goal of maximum employment and price stability. In the U.S. stock market, stocks tumbled across the board on Friday and closed the week lower as Wall Street struggled to shake off concerns that the Federal Reserve may revert to hiking rates later this month. The Dow Jones Industrial Average dropped 187 points to settle at 33,734, whilst the S&P 500 lost 0.29% to end the session at 4,398, and the tech-heavy Nasdaq dipped 0.13% to close the day at 13,660. All the three major averages closed the week in the red as the S&P dropped 1.16%, whilst the Nasdaq declined by 0.92%, and the Dow Jones shed 1.96% for its worst weekly performance since March 2023. The Fed is expected to resume hiking rates later this month, in line with its earlier outlook for two more rate hikes before the end of this year. The markets are now pricing in a 92% chance for 25 basis point rate hike on the 26th of July. In the U.S. bond market, as traders bet on more rate hikes from the Federal Reserve, the yield on the policy-sensitive two-year Treasury note hit a 16-year high of 5 0.12% on Thursday before falling on Friday by about 7 basis points to finally settle at 4.937% where it closed the week. Meanwhile, the yield on the benchmark 10-year Treasury bond added about 2 basis points to 4.062%. As mentioned earlier, the Fed is expected to resume hiking rates later this month and the Fed futures now point to a 92% chance that the central bank will raise interest rates by a quarter percentage point later this month. For your information, bond yields and prices move in opposite directions. That means that as interest rates rise, bond prices fall and vice versa. In the commodity markets, this past week, Saudi Arabia and Russia, which are the top oil exporters in the world, announced fresh production cuts in an attempt to boost the price of crude oil. This brings the total production cut by OPEC+, Plus, that is the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries and its allies, to around 5 million barrels per day, which is about 5% of global oil demand. 
And as a result of these cuts, the price of crude oil rose about 3% on Friday to a nine-week high as supply concerns outweighed fears that further rate hikes could slow down economic growth and reduce demand for oil. And consequently, the international benchmark Brent crude increased by 2.6% to settle at $78.47 a barrel, whilst the U.S. benchmark West Texas Intermediate rose by 2.9% to level off at $73.86 per barrel. For the week, both benchmarks were up about 5%, which was their highest close since May. In the meantime, Marbon Oil, which Kenya imports, rose to $77.66 per barrel from $74.93 the previous week. In the precious metals market, the price of gold rose on Friday and was on track for its first weekly gain in the past four as both the dollar and bond yields fell after the weaker-than-expected non-farm payrolls cast doubts about the future trajectory of interest rates. The Fed is set to raise interest rates later this month, but traders are doubtful about further rate hikes beyond this date. The price of spot gold was up 0.4% for the week and was last seen trading at $1,926 per ounce. For your information, rising dollar interest rates increase the opportunity cost of holding the non-yielding asset that is gold. We now change scene to the Kenyan financial markets and this week we start by looking at economic growth in the country. According to data from the Kenyan National Bureau of Statistics, the country's gross domestic product expanded by 5.3% in the first quarter of 2023, surpassing the previous growth rate of 3.7% that was recorded in the fourth quarter of 2022. The growth was mainly attributed to sufficient rainfall, which led to a 5.8% expansion in the agriculture sector during the first quarter of 2023, compared to a contraction of 1.7% for the first quarter in 2022. This latest data confirms that Kenya has now reversed the previous trend of seven consecutive quarters of economic decline, and this was despite the challenges posed by a severe and prolonged drought, as well as the slowdown associated with the general elections, and not to forget the disruption of global supply chains resulting from the Russian invasion of Ukraine. In the foreign exchange market, during the past week, the Kenya shilling continued to depreciate versus the major international currencies, but remained relatively stable and resilient versus the regional currencies. According to data from the central bank, the Kenya shilling was trading at 140.78 versus the US dollar, compared to 140.45 the previous week. However, commercial banks were selling the U.S. dollar at between 144 shillings on the lower side to above 150 shillings on the higher side. Meanwhile, the sterling pound was priced at 179.06 
and the euro was valued at 153.30. And on the regional front, one Kenya shilling was changing hands for 26.24 Ugandan shillings and 17.23 Tanzanian shillings. And to the Rwandese franc, it was posted at 8.26. It is still my considered opinion that the Kenyan shilling will continue to depreciate versus the US dollar as well as other major currencies and this is mainly due to the country's excessive national debt which now stands at 70% of the gross domestic product and consumes about 60% of total revenue collections which means that for every one shilling that Kenya Revenue Authority collects, 60 cents will go towards debt repayment. On foreign exchange reserves during the past week, Kenya's usable foreign exchange reserves declined marginally by $14 million to $7.462 billion, which is equivalent to 4.08 months of import cover. This meets the central bank's statutory requirement to endeavor to maintain at least four months of import cover. This is the first time in the past six months that Kenya's foreign exchange reserves have risen above the required threshold and this was attributed to the $1 billion loan that was recently received from the World Bank. However, this loan facility is only a stopgap measure and does not even begin to address Kenya's underlying problem, which stems from excessive borrowing that has pushed our national debt to unsustainable levels and increased the probability of a sovereign debt default. In the money market, the liquidity situation in the interbank market improved significantly during the week, supported mainly by government payments into the market, which exceeded and more than offset tax remittances to the government. The excess reserves held by commercial banks in relation to the 4.25% cash reserve requirement stood at 37.4 billion shillings. Meanwhile, open market operations remained active as the average interbank rate declined to 9.53% from 10.05% that was recorded the previous week. During the past week, the average value traded in the interbank market increased to 14.9 billion shillings from 13.8 billion shillings the previous week. In the government securities market, the weekly Treasury bill auction was held on Thursday the 6th of July and the central bank received bids totaling 30.1 billion shillings against an advertised amount of 24 billion shillings, representing a performance of 125%. Interest rates on all the three tenors increased marginally and are all now above the 12% mark as the bulk of the bids, about 26.7 billion shillings, were concentrated at the short end of the yield curve, where the 91-day rate inched up by 11 basis points to 12.01%, whilst the 182-day rate notched a gain of 25 basis points to settle at 12.19%, and the 364-day rate ticked up by 9.3 basis points to 12.25%. 
For your information, one basis point is equivalent to 0.01% and therefore 100 basis point is equal to one percentage point. In the primary bond market, the Central Bank of Kenya, acting in its capacity as fiscal agent for the Republic of Kenya, published the prospectus for its July bond issue and is looking to raise 40 billion shillings for budgetary support. The central bank has therefore invited bids for the following two bonds whose terms and conditions are as follows. The first bond is FXD1 stroke 2023 stroke 5. This is a new bond issue with five years to maturity and whose coupon rate will be market determined. The second bond is FXD1 stroke 2016 stroke 10. This is a reopened bond with 3.2 years left to maturity and a coupon rate at 15.039%. Please note that these bonds are now open for sale until Tuesday the 11th of July and the value date is set for the 17th of July. At the Nairobi Securities Exchange during the past week, the equities market was on an upward trajectory with the NASI, the NSE 20 and the NSE 25 gaining by 4.1%, 2.7% and 4% respectively. However, their year-to-date performance remains in negative territory with losses of 12.5% for the NASI, 3.4% for the NSC 20 and 9.6% for the NSC 25. The market's performance was mainly driven by gains recorded by large cap stocks such as Safaricom, Equity Group, British American Tobacco and Bamburi which increased in value by 8%, 4.6%, 4.1% and 2.8% respectively. However, these gains were weighed down by losses recorded by other large cap stocks such as KCB Group which declined by 0.5%. During the past week, the turnover in equities increased by 169% to $11.3 million as foreign investors remained net buyers for the fourth consecutive week with a net buying position of $1.5 million. However, on a year-to-date basis, foreign investors remained net sellers with a net selling position of about $254 million. In the secondary bond market, bond turnover in the domestic market declined by 26% during the past week. And in the international markets, the yields on Kenya's euro bonds were on an upward trajectory and increased by an average of 32 basis points, with the yield on the 10-year euro bond that matures in 2024 increasing the most by 70 basis points from 12.6% the previous week to 13.3%. On Kenya's national debt, the latest data from the central bank shows that Kenya's national debt as of June 2023 hit a record high of 9.82 trillion shillings 
which is just shy of the revised debt ceiling limit of 10 trillion shillings. The national debt was divided between domestic debt, which stood at 4.73 trillion shillings, and foreign external debt that was valued at $36.66 billion, which is equivalent to 5.09 trillion shillings. Up next is the topical issue, and this week we revisit the government of Kenya's agreement to import fuel oil on a credit basis. The government of Kenya has sent a delegation to the United Arab Emirates to renegotiate certain terms and conditions in the government-to-government agreement to import fuel oil on a credit basis. Under this agreement, which was signed in March, the local oil marketing companies are supposed to pay for their oil imports in Kenya shillings, and this was expected to reduce the demand for U.S. dollars in the local forex market and to help stabilize the dollar-shilling exchange rate. However, contrary to expectations, the Kenya shilling has continued to depreciate versus the U.S. dollar and based on the official central bank rate, is now trading above 140 shillings to the greenback, not to mention the effective exchange rate, which is now averaging above 150 shillings to the U.S. dollar. And to confirm that oil is still priced in U.S. dollars at the end of September, Kenya will be expected to pay about $500 million, which is just the first installment out of a total amount of about $3 billion that has been accumulated over the past six months for the supply of petroleum products on a credit basis. And therefore, in retrospect, the government-to-government agreement has not delivered on its lofty objectives, but on the contrary, the purchase of oil on a credit basis has amounted to simply kicking the can down the road. And on that note, we come to the end of this week's podcast. Thank you for listening to the Market Color podcast. We hope that you found it to be useful and informative. And if so, please share it with a friend and help to spread the word around. We really do appreciate your assistance in this effort. And for your information, the Market Color Podcast is now available on all the major hosting directories. That is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, as well as Amazon Music. Please subscribe and remember to turn on alerts to be notified of new episodes. And if you have any ideas or feedback on how we can improve this podcast, please feel free to reach me on the following email address. That is jamuhuriG at gmail.com. Jamuhuri spelled J-A-M-U-H-U-R-I. Once again, thank you for your continued support. I look forward to interacting with you again next week. And in the meantime, please do have yourselves a blessed and fantastic week ahead. I leave you with this thought. So what does it mean to live a finite and fragile life in an infinite and eternal universe? Question was posed by Brian Cox. Think about it. Thank you and God bless.